Hello and welcome to your gender program 5050 here on 94.9 FM. My name is Deborah Amuwo. On 5050, we discuss various subjects affecting gender parity in West Africa. We hear from gender rights activists, experts, and other stakeholders about what must be done in order to make gender equality a reality in this generation. In today's episode, we meet another woman in the field of art as our series continues. This is the third week in a row that we will be spotlighting a female artist who lives in or is from West Africa. We will once again explore the challenges and beauties of women in this field, as well as discover what inspires their work. Please do visit our Facebook page, West Africa Democracy Radio English Service, to put a face to the voices of these women, as well as admire some of their work. On today's episode, we meet a Nigerian visual artist who is new to the field of art and hopes to inspire those with an interest in art to pursue it in spite of the amount of time that has passed. For me, that's the message I like to communicate, the message of hope, the message that dreams can come true and that there is power in our words as well. There's so much power in our words. Like When you say, oh, I want this. All you need to just ask for it and it will happen. So I'd like to go back to, you know, you asking me if I started painting when I was a child or if I played with colors as a child. And I did not. But get, growing up and then basically just starting with last year and then I'm at this point even right now. Thank you so much for joining us. As mentioned in previous episodes, the series will ultimately be focused on visual, graphic, and plastic art. These three categories cover painting, drawing, design, photography, sculpture, and modeling. Unlike the previous women we've met so far in this series, today's guest did not grow up actively drawing and painting. Although she liked to sketch, she did not until two years ago pursue the field of art. Her hope is to inspire people to engage in art, even if they have no previous experience in doing so. Based in Abuja, Nigeria, she tells us how her upbringing has impacted the work she produces, as well as how she found her way into the world of art after exploring other professional fields. My name is Ekene May. I am an artist, a visual artist and a poet. Well, I'll basically say I grew up in the northern part of Nigeria, was born there, uh, grew up in my primary school, and basically uh, most of my education, even till university, was in the northern part of Nigeria. But I'm from Delta States, which is the southern part of Nigeria. But the truth is, I think I'll connect more to the north of Nigeria more than I will the south. I study English language, and... But basically, one of the things I did after school was try to get a job. I kind of feel it didn't work because I'm such a creative and I just cannot operate in the very rigid uh, kind of environment that having a corporate job offers you. So that didn't work out. I tried. It didn't work out. I, I tried to do a course in radio for for some months. And I worked in radio for two years and resigned after that to become a full-time poet and visual artist. Well, we'll get into how that's been for you. Let's first talk about um, <laughs> you, the art that you do. Of course, today we're very focused on the visual artist and not the poet. So permit us sure. to just talk about the visual artist and um, 
maybe okay. another time we'll get the opportunity to meet the poet. <laughs> no problem. Okay. That's fine. So please tell us what kind of art you make and just help us understand what goes into your art, what uh, what you use, the tools you use, etc. Okay. Um, a visual artist. And I, for now, I work with acrylic on canvas. I just recently, probably like well, three days ago, started trying out oil, oil painting on canvas, which I must say teaches, has been teaching me um, a certain kind of patience. I do not know using oils um, requires. So with acrylic, it's faster. You you apply it and it dries up in no time. So I work with acrylic on canvas. I, that's the major thing. I don't really do watercolor or other forms of um, painting, but I do visual work, acrylic on canvas. And then I'm more about um, figures. I try out with abstracts as well. Sometimes I do sunset paintings, I do landscapes. But I'm I'm drawn to abstract faces more. Um, and how long have you been doing this? For about two years. Like I said, after resigning from my job, which I did for like two years, I I was home for like maybe close to close to a year, but not not really the whole year. And I just remembered I've always wanted to paint, and I called my trainer. I was training at the time before I went into radio, so I called my trainer and asked, "Can I come back?" He said, yes, you can. And I thought, oh, okay, cool. This is uh, this space is still open for me. So I went back. So while the world was under lockdown and going through COVID-19, I was learning how to paint. I basically spent the whole of last year learning how to paint, learning how to handle a brush, colors, mixing them, applying them, and, and all of that. And yeah, so I would say roughly a year, roughly a year and and growing up, were you like painting, drawing um, as a child? Well, growing up, no, I wasn't really. But I just know I was a creative person. I remember um, I was very good with sketching things when I was in secondary school. I was So when we had courses or let's say the subject geography and we needed to like, sketch some maps of Nigeria and all of that, I was the map person. So you could just give me your book and I'll sketch in no time and I'll be done with that. So I knew I had a part of me that was drawn to sketching. I also could draw flowers in secondary school. I remember using a needle and, and a thread to sew my name to my top. And I thought it was really cool. Like I didn't understand why a lot of people were not doing it, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I did that and I wore it to school and stuff. But that's, I didn't offer fine arts in school because the school I attended did not have that subject um, for students. So that was like the only thing I did in school, you know, and yeah, so I didn't really draw or paint as a child. Next, Ikene tells us how her background influences her work and also the message she hopes to communicate through her art. So one of the things um, my background does for me is to want to recreate the kind of faces I see around, right? So when I'm making a female face, a lot of times, most of the faces I've made, a lot of people ask me, is that you? And I say, no, that's not me. That's not my face, you know. But it just, um, I, I think it's coming, it comes from a place of how African these faces are, how I give them a headgear, how brown the skin is, how luscious the lip is. So I go for real, um, I go for the kind of faces I see around. You know, I go, I go for the kind of faces that that's, prevalent in my community. And I feel like it's um, important for me to 
create my own story. It's important for me to pass across my own kind of message when I create. So I, um, I would say that's what my environment does for me. So my female faces don't come with light skins. No, like the skin tone is dark. The skin tone is kind of skin tone I see around. The neck is sometimes really long. I love the earrings are quite big, which is so most times I think my paintings are like a reflection of what I would personally want to wear. So they have large earrings. I love wearing large earrings. What mm. What do you hope people get from your work when they see it, when they observe it, mm. um, when they purchase it? What do you hope that um, mm. that that painting always communicates? Um. So, I, so one of the things I really try to pass across as a visual artist is people know that dreams can come true, no matter what you do no matter what it is you want to do with your time, with your life, your dreams can come true. For every for every painting I create, I think I'm always, I um, it's always a process for me, right? And um, it's always magical for every painting I create. It's always, every, every painting, every painting is magical for me because I start out not knowing if I can get it right, not knowing if it's going to come out the way I want it to. And then when I'm done, I'm wowed every time, every time time and I don't know I don't I don't think it's um reducing or diminishing and it's increasing every time I create a new piece I'm wowed by what I've created so one of the messages I would really like to communicate that I, that I intend that I always communicate with every painting is that dreams come true that all sometimes all we need to do is just believe that we can all we need to do is ask you know and it will definitely come to pass. It's that's for me. That's the message I like to communicate: the message of hope, the message that dreams can come true, and that there is power in our words as well. There's so much power in our words. Like when you say, "Oh, I want this," all you need to just ask for it, and it will happen. I mean, I didn't like like. Oh, so I'd like to go back to you know you asking me if I started painting when I was a child or if I played with colors as a child, and I did not. But get growing up and then basically just starting with last year and then I'm at this point even right now. So it's just it's just knowing that I, I just got to a point where I asked for it and I said, oh, I want to do this. So that's it for me. You can actually just wake up and say, oh, I want to be a visual artist and go to work. You have to put in the work. So every time people see my paintings, I want them to see that part. I want anytime they purchase my paintings, anytime they have it hanging in their homes, when they see, when they see that painting, I want them to know, oh, this person, didn't even start as a child, but look at where they are now. So that mm. message of hope, that message of uh, that dreams can come true is one of the things I like to communicate. Akene's view on the world of art as well as its profitability and value to Africans is quite refreshing. She explains why she does not adhere to the school of thought that Africans do not value art. Because I know the power of words, I believe in the power of words. I know how powerful words are when you say, oh, I want this and this is working for me or this is not working for me. I've had, I've had the privilege of meeting some other artists and they tell you, oh, um, uh, Nigerians don't appreciate the art. And I tell them, that's not true. That is not true. I think Nigerians appreciate the art. And one of, one of the things I've come to realize is the people who are making it in, on a very large scale don't have conversations about whether there is money in the art or not, because they are too busy making it. It's, it's, it's kind of those who, who, who want to struggle. So I, I think 
it's still new for me. That's one of the things. And I think it's been good so far, if you ask me. Truly, it has. Compared to when I when I used to work, when I had like a corporate job, my life was not rosy, if I if if I may say so. It wasn't. But now I can create a piece of painting and I can put a price on it. Mm. And I've seen growth even with the way i create i've seen growth even with the kind of pricing i place on my paintings i've seen growth even with the kind of emotions that go into the kind of paintings i create and i i'm excited about the future i'm excited about tomorrow i know tomorrow is going to be better than it is today so i'd say it's been very amazing for me truly it has and um so you you would say that nigerians do appreciate art absolutely 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 so people like to say, oh, Africans appreciate art. It's um, the white people who do. And I don't think it's true. You need to create what an African person would appreciate. Then Af the African person will purchase it from you. But if you don't, then, well, if you're not telling a story that connects to the African person, how would they want to have what you have produced, right? So I think Africans appreciate art. Africans just want you to convince them. Tell them, why, you, why do you think I should buy your art? Why do you think I should buy a painting from you? Why do you think um it should be as expensive as you have said it is that's for me that's like the kind of explanations africans just need to prop, uh, to eventually go ahead and pick a particular um, piece of painting from from anyone so i think africans appreciate art i think africans love the art they just need you to tell them why they should have it in their homes and and what kind of art do you think africans want to see and also what reasons do you think convince them to purchase a piece of art um so africans love art that's about africa um there's a particular painting i made i titled it in Lichie, and i also have another one which is the gathering and the gathering they're they're basically african masks before now my paintings used to go for like very very cheap prices until i understood I, I needed to also understand why I was creating what I was creating, right? So even, f even for an African um, artist, do you know why you're creating what you're creating? Do you love what you're creating? Do you um, value what you're creating? So what happens sometimes is this. The person creating does not even understand the value of what they're creating. One of the things I needed or one of the things I eventually did was do a lot of research. I did a lot of reading. I, I, I wanted to understand why I, I was creating the way I was creating as well. I also needed to understand my style. And as soon as I did that, I began to tell stories behind my art, right? So that when I post a particular kind of painting, I tell you, oh, this is why I created it. These are the emotions that went into it. And I've had instances where, I mean, these paintings used to be ridiculously cheap, but then I come back and I'm saying, no, I, I see value in this. I created it, it, it is priceless. And I changed the price. And the tr to tell you the truth, I have someone who had sold to at a very ridiculously cheap price who comes back and I'm saying, okay, this is it. I can sell a print to you for the same cheap amount. But you see, if you want an original painting, it has to be more expensive. Now the person understands that I understand what I'm creating. The buyer now knows that, okay, this person even knows that there's a difference between original painting and prints. I, I had to explain to her and say, okay, if you want a print, it's fine. I can do a print for you at this cheap price. But if you want an original, it means when you touch the painting, you will touch the colors. 
and it appreciates with time. And I think it's like one of those things we don't really do sometimes in Africa, you know, to just let people know that you can have a print and you can also have an original. The person buying does not know that if you don't tell them, the person buying thinks everything is the same. So I, I feel like this is kind of information that we need to pass across to clients. This is kind of information we need to have, even as creators. You are listening to WADR's gender program, 50-50, here on 94.9 FM with Deborah Amour. In Liberia, you can also listen to 50-50 on Alternative Youth Radio. Thank you for staying with us. We remain with our special guest, Nigerian visual artist and poet, Ekene May, who is speaking to us from Abuja, Nigeria. In the second half of today's program, Ekene tells us about the highs and lows of being a woman in visual art in her country, and she shares some of her pieces by taking us into the process of creating them. Miss May tells us why she thinks being a woman in art in her country, Nigeria, is in fact an advantage. Okay, I, I think I think I'll, I'll call them um, advantages, not because they are not, not because challenges don't don't, don't occur. And I'm, I'm not trying to be overly um, positive right now, but advantages because I've met um, male artists who tell me, "May you have you should be you should like they say don't stop." You know, they say don't stop. A lot of people would buy from you just because you're a woman. A lot of people actually just overlook the man who's in the arts, but just because you're female, they would want to buy from you. And I, I've I've had two people tell me that. And I remember I used to paint on the streets, and there was always this look of um of I don't was it surprise and fascination when a lot of people come to buy and they say, Oh, are you the artist? And I say yes. So there's this admiration that comes with it where they are so wowed, you know, they're like, oh my God, there's a female in the arts. She's even painting and she doesn't even mind being on the street. There are a lot of people who tell me you're the first female I've ever seen painting. I mean, those, those were just very few on very rare occasions. So I, I'll, I'll call it, I'll call them um, advantages, right? Because not a lot of women are into the arts, especially in Nigeria, but there are women in the arts, but you can't, can't compare to uh, the number of men you have in the arts. If I had to speak about challenges, maybe maybe studio space would be one of them, because sometimes you really just want a space that's um, that's designed, you know, for yourself as an artist. That's designed for you to have like a studio and stuff, and then sometimes it's almost impossible. You have to keep searching. So I'd just say. Um, Studio, st studio spaces are probably one of the, the challenges would have. But besides that, more advantages, actually. You more said, advantages. You said there, there are more men in, in the arts. Um, do, you, do, you have, do you think you know why you have an idea of why, even though there, there are artists that are women, it just seems like they're not known mm -hmm. or they're not, maybe they're mm -hmm. not even willing to share their art. Do you have any idea why that might be? Um... Okay, not really. Okay, like like I mentioned before, I used to because because um I didn't study art in school. I I trained with an artist who's on the streets. 
a male artist and so because of the conditions of having to it's very stressful to work on the streets very stressful it was stressful for me even um as a person to be on the streets but you have more men who are willing to to go through all of this their works on the street i think more women paint at home and then share on online or more women don't even share at all but I, I sincerely would not um, would not really know totally what the challenge is. But I think the harsh conditions of being on the streets is can be one of those one of those reasons. I deliberately left the street because it had like an adverse effect on my health. So I think that's like one of it. It's very stressful to actually want to like go through streets, paint, display, and have people come by. In this next part of the discussion, Ekene spotlights a few women who inspire her, not only as an artist, but also as a human being. Issa Rae is one of them. Issa Rae, she's from Senegal. Amazing woman. Uh, she's an actress, she's a comedian. So one of the things where I actually admire women, or the women I admire, it's for their hard work. I like, I like women who are hardworking. I like it when women are diligent. You know, I kind of just... It pulls me to them, and I want to um, have that kind of, you know, strength as well, where they know what they want to do and they keep at it, you know. So Issa, Issa does that. Lily Singh also does that. There's also Alicia Keys. <laughs> I love Alicia Keys as well. In fact, one of the things, I, I wasn't really a huge fan. I just know that, oh, Alicia, Alicia Keys is amazing and stuff. But just reading her book, Mom Herself, really helped me not just enjoy her journey as a person, but there were parts where she talked about art, parts where she talked about uh, her husband taking her to an art gallery where she discovered this particular artist, Earth Day. And so what, what I did was leave the book, go Google who Earth Day is, and I find out he's the king of art decor. I've never heard of art decor before, but I've always wondered what my style of painting is, what it's read, what what category it falls under. And it was from reading her book and finding about Earth Day. I go Google who Earth Day is, find out it's a kind of art decor, and I realize what I do is actually art decor. So. As we conclude today's episode of 5050, our special guest shares with us some of her work and what inspired the creative process. To admire these pieces that you'll be hearing about, please do visit our Facebook page, West Africa Democracy Radio hyphen English Service. Before I created me, most of my paintings were about just, mm, just paints and sell, you know, paints, make money, but something happened. There was a day I went for, I, I, I wanted to do a commercial for a church and it was about painting. So I'd gone with one of my paintings and someone asked me how much it was for. And I gave him this very ridiculous low price. And he said, that's very cheap. But I don't, well, and he goes, well, I don't know why you'd sell at that um, particular amount. It's fine. It's okay. That's what you want. And he said, I know somebody who does something way smaller and all she does is doodle and her prices are 250,000 naira. And then for that whole day, I just kept thinking about it. Um, you know, I just, I just kept wondering, for me it was, why would someone create and sell at that kind of price? What goes through their mind? What was the person thinking about? You know, 
what emotion was she pouring into her painting? What exactly was happening? And, I, and that's when I knew I needed to do my research. I needed to start reading. I needed to understand why I was creating, why, what's, what I was creating, why I was creating it. So, and I believe when, when we ask questions, we actually get answers. So I did that and I had a series of paintings I was actually creating. Then I picked up this particular one and I started making it. So I had all of the colors put together, did all of the boxes. So it was while I was trying to fill up the boxes with different um, shapes and objects, I began to find, I, I, I just realized I was pouring myself into it. It was almost like everything I poured into those holes or into those cubes stood for something. Like they had meaning. I was deliberate about it. And that was I just realized, wow, this is so different. This is like a rebirth of me and just understanding why I, I now, now I understand why I paint. Now I don't just throw around colors or put a brush stroke somewhere. This, it's deliberate for me. I understand why a brush stroke is going to a particular place. I understand why a particular shape is going where it is going. And I was really telling a story about love, even with me. I was saying, so love come, I believe love come in three tiers. <laughs> I write about that and I say, okay, when you're done, there's a family tree. Sometimes love is happy. Sometimes love is not. Sometimes it goes through like a rough patch in red. They ends up in yellow. Sometimes you celebrate. Sometimes it's just dark. But love can actually stand with a kiss and end very happily as well. When I was done, I, I could feel like a part of myself had gone into that painting. And I just knew I had to name her after myself. And that's what I did. I called her May. Um, but she was, she is really a life changer, like a game changer for me. Because right now, all of my paintings after that are more deliberate. I now understand it. There's more worth to it. I, they're priceless. And I, I express it that way that they're actually priceless. And yeah. Let's talk about water now which okay um, i just from the get-go i really i was really drawn to personally so oh <laughs> let's talk about that. okay all right so water is the first of my original female faces one of the reasons why i decided to start painting was i i said i want to paint female faces you know i just want to do female faces i'm drawn to female african faces i just want to do that I named her Water because she's the first of a series I did on um, female faces. And I feel before a child is born, there's actually a breaking of water. The, that's like before a child comes forth, they tell you, the, the woman tells me my water broke. She goes to the hospital. There's first that um, after the contraction. And I feel personally, even at, um, in my journey, as an artist in my journey as a visual artist after a long time of contraction of learning what it is i want to do if i probably check maybe she came after nine months i think i'll do that later but then after like the contraction of learning what it is i want to learn of becoming of trying to become conceiving an idea my water broke for me she's she's that water Ekene May is a visual artist and poet based in Abuja, Nigeria. You can check out her work on Instagram at Ekene May or at Ekene May Studios. That is E-K-E-N-E-M-A-Y.
And it is on this note that we conclude today's episode of 5050. Thank you for listening. And please do join us again next week as we continue the series on women in art. A big thank you as well to today's guest. Remember, you can catch previous episodes of the program on our website, wadr.org. Just simply search under the program's icon for 5050. My name is Deborah Amuo, reminding you that your voice matters. Bye for now. Thank mm-hmm. you.